This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. This is the Turn on the Jets podcast. I don't have to convince any one of those eight defensive coaches how effed up I am. These players, they want to defend... MetLife Stadium for you guys. Now, here's your host, Joe Caparoso. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Turn on the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Joe Caparoso, owner of TurnOnTheJets.com. Today, we're going to talk a lot of Jets and a lot of Giants to get you ready for the team's preseason opener. We're going to be joined by Art Stapleton, who is a New York Giants beat writer who works for The Record and for USA Today, also who covered me way back in the day when I played football locally in North Jersey. Uh, Really good chat with Art. We go for a little over 20 minutes, talk a lot about Daniel Jones, talk a lot about how the Giants are going to approach this game, talk about expectations for the Jets and Giants this year and how we think the teams are going to be covered. Uh, So stick around because it will serve as a really good preview for the Jets preseason opener. Uh, Before we jump into that chat, as a reminder, subscribe, rate, review this podcast on iTunes. We'll have an episode every single Thursday, and we'll also try to hit a second episode on Saturdays more frequently as we get closer to the season. Uh, Podcasts will also be available on Google Play and Spotify and on TurnOnTheJets.com. You can get all of our coverage for the Jets preseason game. We're actually going to run this one on Wednesday morning, so there's a little more of a window before the game kicks off. We'll also have a written preview of the game Thursday morning. We'll have a recap in this week's 12-pack on Friday, and then we'll have a film breakdown from Joe Blewett of the game at some point over the weekend or early the following week, along with all of our normal daily podcast updates from Scott Mason, Chris Nimbley, and everybody else that he rotates through on the daily Play Like a Jet feed. I'll talk about this more in my article, which previews this game on Thursday and a little bit more with Art, but first preseason game, uh, I think we'll probably see one or two series of Sam Darnold. Uh, no Le'Veon Bell, no Quincy Newell, no Leonard Williams, all guys who have been battling injuries. Marcus May, we actually found out today, has a nerve injury. Not a good sign for him getting back anytime soon and really makes you think the Jets should have taken a swing on a veteran safety at some point. Maybe not too late for that, but we're not going to be seeing him probably at all in the preseason, I would guess. Uh, but outside of that, I think you're going to see a ton of guys like, I would say, Elijah McGuire running back, maybe Ty Montgomery a little bit in the first half. You'll see Blake Cashman, a lot at linebacker, who's had a good camp so far. Uh, receivers like Tim White and Greg Dortch trying to grab that fourth spot along with Deontay Burnett, especially now that Quincy Inouye is injured and could miss a couple of weeks. Um, You'll see a lot of the backup offensive linemen get an opportunity to try to claim their spots. You should should see plenty of Juma Adoga, 
uh, and Trevin Wesco at tight end. Uh, it's the first preseason game. It's probably going to be ugly. It's probably going to be low scoring. Let's hope nobody gets heart hurt. Let's hope Sam Darnold has a couple nice passes. Let's hope Daniel Jones throws three or four interceptions to the Jets' third-string defense. Uh, and all Jet fans have fun and feel optimistic leaving the game. And we are now joined by this week's guest. He is the New York Giants beat writer for the Record Sports and for the USA Today Network. He actually, true story here, used to cover uh, my high school football team way, way back in the day. Now is covering the New York Giants. Art Stapleton, thank you for joining us. Hey, Joe, I'll never forget that game inside the old Giants stadium. Lakeland Lancers win the championship, and you had a big part of it. So uh, it's always a pleasure talking with the media, and obviously this is a first for me. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. I tell you that I haven't watched the highlights from that game in years, but that would be a lie. I'm sure I've watched it at least a handful of times uh, recently. Because, look, I mean, it's a state championship in uh, the old Giant Stadium. You can't, I can't get past that. Um, so, Yeah, I mean, you talk, about, you talk about great receivers through the years, right, at, uh, at Giant Stadium. Toomer, uh, Wesley Walker, Joe Caparossa. Absolutely. Right up right up there eventually, hopefully in the Ring of Honor, uh, alongside some of the other uh, Jets and Giants. Um, so we have the always thrilling first preseason game coming up this week. For, it's a rarity that the Jets and Giants play week one in the preseason, but obviously they're playing in the regular season this year. So uh, we're getting that outlier when they will play each other to kick things off. Going into this game on Thursday... What would you say through the first couple of weeks of camp has been sort of the number one or number two sort of main storylines for the Giants thus far? Oh, well, I mean, it's it's 1A, 1B, 1C, it's Daniel Jones. I mean, there's not even a question. Uh, and with it being week one of the preseason, uh, I'm guessing at most we see one or two series with Eli Manning. So for the Giants... It's the curiosity of what Daniel Jones will look like when he takes that red jersey off and actually has a chance to get hit by someone wearing green. Uh, presumably the Jets are wearing green, but maybe they're busting out the whites. I'm not sure. Um, but it, it, it's Jones for the Giants. It has to be. I, I don't expect to see many of their starters uh, for long on Thursday night. I don't think you'll see... You know, out of the offensive line, you're probably not going to see Nate Solder, Mike Remmers, you know, the starting tackles. I, I would be shocked if you see Saquon Barkley more than a, de- more than a decoy on that first series. Uh, but, look, it's going to come down to the rookie who was booed the last time a Giants crowd gathered at MetLife Stadium. They booed the pick of Daniel Jones on draft night. So that's what he's up against. Uh, with this fan base. I think there are a lot of people who want to embrace him. They just need something to kind of rally around. So it'll be interesting to see uh, if he doesn't implode against the Jets early on in his appearance, uh, see that wave of positivity kind of get behind him uh, going into this uh, first year. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Do you think the Giants are going to let Jones go for like basically the duration of the game after Eli comes out? Like, will we get to see a solid, like, two, two and a half quarters at least of action of him? Or do you think they might hold him to just playing, like, you know, four or five series? Or will it be dependent more so uh, on how he plays when he's out there? It's a great a great question, Joe. And Pat Shermer has pretty much played it close to the vest. Um, I'm not really sure why. I mean, there really isn't a competitive advantage and – you know, and he even talked about the idea of how, you know, in the preseason at this stage of the game, it's not about evaluating the team. It's about evaluating individuals. So you want to get Jones out there. Um, I wonder if, you know, with them having four quarterbacks, you know, Alex Tanney was the backup last year. He did not get much playing time in the preseason at all. It was Davis Webb and Kyle Walletta uh, who were really competing in that spot. Tanny was viewed as an afterthought. This year, it's no different for the. It's it's really Tanny and Loletta trying to get reps, but it's the Jones show. So, I guess a lot would depend on how they feel. Greg Williams and that defense is attacking Jones. Um, you know, if you if you see the kid and he's not handling it, you know maybe they limit how much he he's he's put out there in that first game because they're not going to be doing much game planning for the Jets. Uh, and I can't imagine the Jets are game planning for the Giants either. Um, so would it shock me to see Jones more than a quarter, uh, you know, into the second half? Uh, no. I mean, I, I think this is, look, this is their future. So if you're looking at the situation where in an ideal world with the Giants, they hope they're, you know, winning 11, 12 games, Eli Manning is suddenly 2011 Eli Manning, and Daniel Jones doesn't get off the bench – well, then you're going to want to see him as much as possible in the preseason. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. How has Jones played so far in camp? I mean, our understanding is that Eli Manning's a starting quarterback this year. It's not really an open competition. So how has Jones done presumably rotating through, I'm guessing, and working predominantly with the twos and threes? He's been exclusive to number two. I mean, he's been with the second team. Eli has taken all of the first team reps. Uh, so that has not even been an issue. Um, I would expect that to change over the next couple of weeks, not because they're looking to make it a competition, as you said, but, you know, it would help to evaluate where Jones is playing with some of the first-team guys. Um, you know, look, if you only read the scouting reports and the criticism on draft night and after that about Jones's play, watch them at Duke. And then you came here and you watched him from the spring until now, you'd say that's not the same quarterback. You know, the critics said he didn't have a strong arm. He's had the best deep ball that I've seen a Giants quarterback have since I joined the beat 
our coverage team in 2009, and that includes Eli, who, by the way, has thrown some pretty good deep balls in his career. Obviously, you have to go back a little bit because the last couple of years that's kind of been missing from his game. Uh, he's been very accurate. I've been impressed with his arm strength. He has enough zip to go from one hash to the to the opposite sideline. Again, it's against you know his own defense. Some of it is scripted, uh, but I do like his moxie. I do like you could see that you know this means a lot to him. I know it sounds like coach speak, but you know what it's like. I mean, you watch some quarterbacks, and you know it's a good throw, it's a bad throw, and and then everything else is just kind of ordinary. Um, I would not say Jones is ordinary. I, I would say that he's shown up well so far. Uh, now the curtain drops on Thursday night, and it's another level. I mean, we could get to Thursday night, and if he plays poorly, uh, and we don't see it translate from the practice field to the game field, well, then there's going to be a lot of criticism that comes back. But I do like what I've seen so far. I understand we're not putting him in Canton on roller skates, uh, but I do like what I've seen. Away from the quarterback position, uh, what else has stood out to you uh, about this roster? I think they've you know dealt with a wave of issues you know, at the wide receiver group with some early injuries and the potential uh, situation around Golden Tate. Is there any positions that have stood out to you from, you know, a positive or from a negative perspective away from, you know, something like, you know, Saquon Barkley obviously still being a great running back, but have any of the other positions sort of jumped out in either way? Well, they have a lot of young talent on the back end of their defense, rookies, second-year guys. Uh, DeAndre Baker, they traded back up into the first round to be a corner. They think he's going to be really good, uh, and he's going to get the start from jump opposite Janoris Jenkins. Uh, I think they they have a potential steal in Corey Ballantyne, a six-rounder who obviously got a lot of attention for being at the wrong place at the wrong time in the shooting. He ended up wounded back on draft night. Uh, he lost his friend and, and college teammate. Uh, Ballantyne's looked really good. He could kind of be a steal. Julian Love uh, is another guy at free safety. Uh, is actually moved to free safety. He plays a little nickel. Uh, Grant Haley from Penn State. He was an undrafted guy last year. But all that being said, young talent on the back end of the defense is not what you want in year one in the NFL. So I think that's definitely a concern for the Giants is that they're young, but are they young at the wrong spots defensively? You know, they don't have uh, studs yet at the pass rush. They may not have studs. So they're going to have to do something to disrupt the passing game uh, with a collective effort. And whenever you hear that, you throw your hand up and go, wait a minute, is that really how things get done and teams win in the NFL? Um, you know, everyone wants to point to the Patriots. Well, everyone's not the Patriots. So that, that's the problem. Uh, so I'd say that the young talent on defense comes with growing pains. And I think those growing pains is probably what has some Giants fans nervous, that if they get off to a rough start, uh, this defense might not find its footing until it's really too late. And then you're talking about turning the page to next year already. What, what would you say the general – expectations are for this team and are they among the lowest that you've seen since you've been covering them? I would say generally 
most national media is probably picking the Giants to be in third or fourth place in the NFC East and being a te- be a team that's, you know, under 500. Locally, you know, from a fan base perspective, do you think most fans are under the assumption or understanding that, look, we'd love for to have one last one with Eli, but realistically we probably think this could be another, I don't know, four to six win team, maybe a little better than that. I mean, where are you seeing the expectations kind of line up from a local to a national perspective? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the expectations are low from outside the building. As much as they'll talk about how, you know, they believe they can compete, uh, I think part of that is because two of the better rosters in the NFL uh, and definitely at the top of the NFC and maybe even a couple Super Bowl favorites are in their division. You know, the Eagles and Cowboys uh, were both in the playoffs, you know, and I think that's the problem for, for the Giants is that even if they turn a corner, to me I think that's the realistic expectation for this year. You have a young quarterback that you just drafted. You have a lot of young players in, in spots that they're, they're going to need seasoning. And for their purposes, I think the head coach needs to show that, look, this is the program that you want going forward into 2020. Uh, because I don't think he's on the hot seat just yet, Pat Shermer, but I do believe that this is an organization that needs to feel good about where it's going. Where does that come? Does Jones show enough that you believe you have your franchise quarterback? You know, they're going to have $80, $90 million in cap space for next year. Jets fans are well aware of how that works. You know, you have big plans, you think you're going to get all these guys, and then things don't work out. You know, the Giants had their splurge in 2016. I don't think they're looking for that same splurge, considering the only guy left from that team with Olivier Vernon and Snacks Harrison and all the big names, the only guy that's left is Denoris Jenkins. So um, to answer your question in a long-winded way, um, I think the expectations, if they can get to seven, eight wins and don't get off to a terrible start, I mean, Joe, the last two years, the season's been over by the middle of October. And I know the Jets fans can, can sympathize uh, in terms of what they've gone through. You know, for the Giants, you know, they had a disaster two years ago with Ben McAdoo and everything else that happened. The problem is, is that the last two years are not connected. You know, last year was for Pat Shermer and Dave Gettleman, and the year before was Ben McAdoo and Jerry Reese. So for a fan base, it's three wins and five wins, but for a team, they've got to prove that five wins could turn into something more promising rather than going from three wins and and a disaster uh, to five wins and, eh, not really that much better. We saw the Jets go through a lot of turnover, both with their coaching staff and front office this past off season. We know Dave Gettleman has caught a lot of heat uh, in general, uh, more so probably than Shermer. What do you think the patience level is going to be with this organization uh, if this team has another losing season and really isn't relevant to November or December? Are they going to be patient enough to give these guys year three and year four and say that they need more than two years to turn everything around? Or do you think if this is a 5-11 and 11 team that they could potentially do what the Jets did this past offseason and totally clean house where you have a new general manager and a new head coach 
to go with a young quarterback that you had drafted the year before? You know, I, I think Daniel Jones was drafted for Pat Shermer, and you know franchises shouldn't do that. You know, you don't take a quarterback, and the Jets are certainly well aware, you don't take a quarterback because you think he's the right fit. You take a quarterback because you think he's the best quarterback. Um, but I do think that there will be patience at some level, and it's tied to Jones. And if Jones is the quarterback, and if Pat Shermer can handle things off the field, and put it this way, Joe, if the Giants didn't become the debacle that they were internally with Ben McAdoo, I believe that there's a chance that Ben McAdoo would still be the head coach of the Giants. If Ben McAdoo could have figured out how to survive kind of the tidal wave that hit him in 2017, when he lost players in that locker room, when guys decided not to show up on time coming back from the bye week, you know, that team was in disarray. If that never happened, you know, Ben McAdoo made the playoffs in 2016. That was their best season since they won the Super Bowl. So as much as Ben McAdoo became a caricature of himself, you know, the pictures on the T-shirts with the clown nose and, and everything else, I still think the Giants' ownership did not want to fire Ben McAdoo. They were forced into firing Ben McAdoo because of the way McAdoo handled everything. So if the Giants don't, become the, the clown show that some people have said they are. Um, I think Pat Shermer and Dave Gettleman will get at least through 2020 and next season. And then you have to see where you're at because they have a lot of young talent. Uh, their draft picks last year, all but one, should contribute and contribute uh, incredibly well this season. I mean, that's led by Saquon. But you've got Will Hernandez and Lorenzo Carter and B.J. Hill and even an R.J. McIntosh, who was a fifth-rounder, who they think could be in a rotation. Uh, and then this year's draft class, you know, look, Gettleman's going to catch a lot of heat. Gettleman is going to ask for it. I mean, he's essentially asked for it by some of the things that he's done. Uh, but as far as the draft goes, they've done pretty well in the draft to this point. And if they hit a home run with Jones, or even if they're, you know, competent with Jones, I, I don't think they're going to blow Shermer out of here uh, and Gettleman out of here until uh, their hand is kind of forced. And that, to me, would be in 2020, uh, after 2020, when they've got all these resources and all these assets, and now you're looking at it going, do we just have the wrong guys? I don't think they're there yet. All right, Art, before we let you go, give us one player on each side of the football, knowing that it's a preseason game, that Jet fans should keep an eye out for who is someone that they haven't heard of or that if just even a casual football fan was watching this game that they haven't heard of who could potentially make a big impact and be you know a critical player on a Giants team that will probably have a lot of competition on both sides of the football this year for guys who ultimately get playing time. That's a great question, Joe. I'll, I'll keep it on the offensive side of the ball. Now, he might not make the 53. He's got to kind of have a preseason the way Victor Cruz did uh, back in 2010. But Monmouth, Reggie White Jr., as a wide receiver, he's wearing number 13. 
He's going to have a lot of playing time. He's got an opportunity to catch a lot of balls in the preseason. Uh, that is the guy on offense that I would watch because he might not make the 53, but with their numbers games, if, if Golden Tate is suspended, as we suspect, they're going to have to fill a spot. I would keep an eye out for Reggie White Jr. as a guy who could create a lot of buzz, being a guy who played his college ball in Jersey. We all know how that Monmouth thing could kind of take off with Miles Austin and um, Chris Hogan and those names. There's He's got the story. So that's a guy I would look at for the offensive side of the ball. Uh, defensive side of the ball is a very good question. Um, Dexter Lawrence is a guy who I think is going to make a lot of noise in the preseason because the Giants are going to move him around and try to make themselves look good that they got a guy who isn't a two-down player, that they believe there is some pass rush. So they're going to look for Dexter Lawrence uh, to do some things in the preseason. Uh, but I mentioned earlier, Corey Ballantyne, he's got the story too. So as far as the preseason guys, I'd say Reggie White and Corey Ballantyne, because in the preseason, as you know, if you've got a story, we're going to tell it and we're going to tell it and we're going to tell it over again. So if I'm the Jets fans, I'm looking at those guys. Plus, if they end up on the waiver wire, especially a guy like Ballantyne, uh, I'm sure he's the kind of a guy that would be on their radar. Division two guy from Washburn, like I said, has a lot of potential. Um, so those two guys I would keep an eye on on Thursday night. All right, sounds good. So I'm sure all Jet fans are uh, looking forward to a lot of Davis Webb versus Daniel Jones, uh, and I'm sure a lot of Giant fans are hoping, <laughs> <laughs> hoping that uh, Jones will shut up uh, all the loud criticism that uh, has came in on the pick, and uh, should be fun to watch. Art, thank you for joining us. Everyone give him a follow on Twitter at Art underscore Stapleton. And we will talk later in the year before the regular season game. And hopefully both the teams are still playing for something at that point. And we can take it from there. Absolutely, Joe. Thanks a lot for having me. Appreciate it.